Well, if you'll take your Bibles and turn to the book of Ephesians chapter 4, I'll preach a few moments this afternoon. Not a lengthy message by no means, but uh, preach a little bit. And you can go uh, view any message, 11 o'clock message, 6 o'clock message. Any of these will be online. They may not all be online by tonight, but they should be uh, within the next day or so. I know Brother Brian Brother Caleb's working to get them on as quick as possible, but it takes uh, about an hour, I think, to put one sermon on, so they've, uh, they're getting them on as quick as possible. But uh, I pray the Lord will use this message these next few moments. Ephesians chapter 4, if you're able to stand with us, and um, reverence to the Word of God in prayer, if you're not able to stand, we understand that. Ephesians 4 and verse number 1. Paul said, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with longsuffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, even as you are called, and one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith, when he ascendeth up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he, is, he, now that he ascended, what is it? But that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth. He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints and for the work of the ministry and for the edifying the body of Christ till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Father, I pray now that you'll bless the reading of thy word. I ask you to speak to our heart these next few moments. Thank you, Lord, for the good testimonies and Lord, for the good singing that we've heard, we ask you now to move mightily and we'll thank you for it. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen and amen. You can be seated. I want you to notice in these 16 verses of Scripture that we have read here that the Apostle Paul is talking about the unity of the body of Christ. If you notice in verse number 3, he even mentions endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Now, whenever Paul talks about the unity here in this passage of Scripture, I read all 16 verses because it has to do with the body of Christ. It's, uh, it's important not only uh, that we are a body, but that we be unified. Amen. If you take your own body and you let an arm or, or you let a finger or any part of your body get out of joint, gets out of unity, uh, then it causes pain and it causes suffering and disability upon the entire body. And so Paul is illustrating that. And he talks about this unity here uh, in these verses of Scripture. I want you to notice in verses 1 through 3, he talks about the grace of unity. As he said, I therefore the prisoner of the 
Lord beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you're called. Now, you and I know that we're not worthy of heaven. Can I get an amen right there? We're not worthy to be saved. We're not worthy to be a child of God. But the Bible says we are to walk worthy. Amen. We're to walk in the light of the fact that we do belong to God, that we are his children, and that we're no longer of this world. Now, when we walk in the grace of that unity, he said that we're to do it in verse number two with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering forbearing one another in love. Amen. In other words, I'm saved and you're saved, but we have to keep in mind we're still living in this body. Amen. We're still living in this flesh. That means that you and I have got to show lowliness and me of mind and we've got to show long sufferingness with each other because when we look at the big picture, we have to realize that it's only by the grace of God that I'm even a part of the church. Can I get a witness right there? So when I look at some other brother or some other sister that maybe gets on my nerves or maybe upsets me or does something that in my mind is mistreating to me, I have to be reminded of all the times that I've mistreated God, of all the times that I've let him down, but how that God has shown mercy, he has showed grace, and he's allowed me to be a part of the family of God. Amen? You think about your family. You may fuss and you may not get along on, and you may not see eye to eye on everything, but at the end of the day, you're family. Isn't that right? Family may not always do the way that you want them to and family may not always live the way you want them to live, but no one better never talk about your family. Isn't that right? Because you love them. And the Bible says that love covers a multitude of sins. It doesn't mean that I agree with what they're doing. It doesn't mean that I accept what they're doing but it means I love them because they're a part of the family. Amen. And so I show them grace. Well, that is the grace of the unity in the body of Christ. He said in verse number three, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Now, that word endeavor simply means this. It means to do your dead level best. Amen. In other words, I'm to do everything I can to keep unity within the church. Amen. So there's the grace of unity. There's the ground of unity. What is it that brings all of us together on this Sunday afternoon? Look at verse number four. It's the fact that we're one body. Amen. The fact that we have one spirit, the Holy Spirit. Uh, we have one hope of our calling. That is the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's one Lord and there's one faith and there's one baptism. That's not water baptism. That's being baptized uh, in the body of Christ. There's one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. In other words, the ground of unity, what brings us together, the common denominator in all of our life is that each one of us uh, has had an experience of grace. Uh, we have been born in the family of God uh, and the grace of that unity is the grounds of that unity. It's what brings us together. Had it not been for grace, uh, had it not been for the blood of Jesus they sung about, had it not been for the mercy of God, the chances of you and I ever meeting each other in this walk of life uh, are probably next to none. Amen. But you think about all the people you have met in the family of God because of Calvary, because you've been saved. It's drew us all together and we have a love one another. That's the grace and that's the grounds of unity. Amen. Now Paul is headed somewhere. So he talks about the gift of unity in verses 7 through 11. We'll not say much about that other than to say that Paul is mentioning here that because, listen, we are one body. God has given each one of us different gifts uh, that we serve within that body and it helps strengthen that body. Isn't that right? I mean, common sense says 
this. Uh, uh, my finger doesn't do what my brain does, or at least I hope it don't. Amen? I'm in real trouble, and you are too. But it has a different responsibility. It has a different movement. It has a different purpose. Uh, and the finger's just as important as what the brain is. Uh, and my feet don't do what my knees do. Uh, listen, each body is different. It's diverse, uh, but yet it's one body. Amen? You know, we don't all have the same responsibilities. Uh, we don't have all the same, have the same purpose within the church, uh, but everybody's important. Can I get an amen? I'm talking about it doesn't matter who you are. If you're a part of the family of God, I promise you, uh, you have a purpose uh, and you have a place of functioning within the body of Christ uh, and you are important. God has given you a gift. Amen. And then he comes to this point that I really want to preach on for a few moments here and it's the growth of unity because when you get to verse number 12, he talks about from verse number 12 down to verse number 16, he, ta he talks about the body that it would grow. Amen. That, and notice in verse number 15, but speaking the truth in, in love may grow up into him in all things which is the head even Christ. Now we know that Christ is the head. Isn't that right? And if Christ is the head, uh, that means you and I are the body. And because of the unity that God brings together, when the church is unified and when the church comes together, guess what? There's going to be spiritual growth uh, within the body. I want to preach a few minutes on this subject on why I still need the church. Amen? Why I still need the church. You know, we're living in a day now when there's a lot of people who think they don't need church. Amen? And some people think they just need a little bit of church. Uh, I don't know about you, and it's already been testified uh, many times, and it's already been said, but I need the house of God. Amen. I need to be able to be here. I need to come to church. Uh, it is essential in my life. Uh, it's essential in your life. Uh, hey, friend, I can do without a lot of things in this life, uh, but I need the church. Amen. I mean, if we got to come in shifts, I still need the church, don't you? I mean, if we got to come four or five times uh, on a Sunday uh, so that we can all gather together in this place and worship, I know this is just a building, but when I say I need the church, I need you, uh, and I need, uh, listen, I need every individual in here, but I need the location, amen? Hey, this is a landmark, amen? We don't worship the building, uh, but this is the place uh, where we come to worship God, Amen? You know, the Bible talks about a place uh, God has, a, uh, has chosen a, pl a place that he has chosen to put his name. And you know where that is? That's the sanctuary. That's the house of God. And listen, this is not, this isn't just any place, uh, but this is a place that's been sanctified. It's been set aside, uh, set apart so that we can come together in one body and worship God in spirit and in truth. Now, I believe it's important, don't you? I think certain things could be done in this place that could offend and grieve the Holy Spirit so much that he could write Ichabod upon, upon the doorpost of this church uh, and friend, we can come back in and we can play the piano and we can sing the songs uh, and a preacher could get up and preach the message uh, but there'd be no breath, amen? There'd be no visitation. There'd be no touch from God. We could have crowd, we could have money but we wouldn't have God, amen? His presence is very vital. It's very essential and I still need the church. Uh, in a day when a lot of people have walked away from it, in a day when a lot of people have abandoned it, thank God for the church. Everything I have, I owe to Jesus Christ, but it's through the local church that God has done a work in my life. Amen. I got saved in church. You don't have to get saved in church, but I got saved in church. 
got called to preach in church. Many of you testify. Uh, listen, got married in church. You don't have to get married in church, but I'll tell you, I got married in church. And uh, listen, church has been my life. Can't you testify that? Church has been your life. And friend, I need this place. And so here we see some reasons why we need the church. I, I want to say, first of all, I, I need the church uh, because uh, of the sermons. Amen. Look what he said in verse 11. He gave some apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. Now, I want to tell you something. We know there's no apostles and we know there's no uh, prophets today, uh, but thank God for the evangelists, thank God for the pastor and thank their pastors and thank God for the teachers. Amen. I know that teachers are not uh, called of God like a pastor or an evangelist, uh, uh, but I tell you what, all of them have in common. They have the truth in common. Amen. What they do is they elevate and they proclaim the truth and the doctrine and the principles of the Word of God. Amen. You know why I need the church? I need preaching and I need teaching. Amen. I need to come to church and I need to hear the Word of God proclaimed. I like good singing. I like testifying. And sometimes it gets so far out, you just got to let her go. Amen. And I like it when it gets like that. I hope it gets that way more often. Amen. Uh, but you know what? Listen, I wouldn't want to go to church where you never heard no preaching. Somebody say amen. And I wouldn't want to go to church where a man got up and, and read a little verse of Scripture and never said nothing about it. Isn't that right? Uh, listen, I don't want to go to church where uh, the preacher's a clown. I mentioned that at 11 o'clock and just gets up and just carries on with a bunch of foolishness. Somebody say amen. I'm telling you, listen, we come to hear the Bible preached. Amen. We come to hear the Bible taught. Uh, you didn't come to hear what I think about something. You're not interested in my theology. You know what? My thinking isn't no better than your thinking. Amen. Uh, what I think about something doesn't have no more weight to it than what anybody else thinks about it. But when you take the Word of God and you back it up with the Bible, that's what gives it authority. Amen. Because it's not what I think, it's what God says. Amen. And friend, one of the reasons I need a church... Uh, it's just like Brother Laddie mentioned a while ago. I need to hear some preaching, some preaching, and some more preaching. Amen. i tell you what preaching will do. It'll knock the rough edges off of your life. It'll put stability in your life. It'll strengthen your soul. It'll remind you of where you stand and what you need. That's what preaching will do in your life. It'll clean up your heart. It'll clean up your mind. It'll put convictions in your life. Brother, there's nothing takes the place of some old-time Holy Ghost spirit-filled Bible preaching. Amen. I say thank God for preaching, don't you? Brother, I'm telling you, listen, you, I, I'm glad. There's been a lot of times I've been preached to the altar, but as Brother Jack has said many times, uh, I've never been preached out the door. Amen. I've never got up and walked out mad and said, well, you know what? I'm not going back there. And if I ever do, I'll be in big trouble with God. But I like to go to church uh, and a man of God get up and just preach. Uh, hey, I don't care if he's preaching on heaven or if he's preaching on hell or if he's preaching on sin. Uh, I'm telling you, I like sin preaching, don't you? You say, why do you like sin preaching? Because I sin a lot, amen. I don't want to, and I hate it when I do. You say, well, I don't sin that much. Well, you sin all the time. You just don't, you're just lying to yourself. Isn't that right? Therefore, them that knoweth to do good, I'm telling you, if I could just do everything I know that's good, I'd be all right, amen? But therefore, them that knoweth to do good and doeth not to him, it is sin. That verse alone is enough to get me in trouble. And then the Bible said, and all unrighteousness is sin, amen? If it's not righteous, if it's not holy, whatsoever's not of faith is sin, the Bible says. I'm telling you, listen, I've got a lot of sin I have to confess, but I want to keep a short account with God. But sometimes I 
don't even see my own sin. That's how wicked this flesh is. But I'll tell you what a man of God will do. He'll take that Bible and the Holy Ghost will give him a sermon and he'll preach that sermon and he may not know he's talking to me, but God's talking to me. And I say thank God for preaching. It'll help you if you'll swallow it, if you'll live it, if you'll put it in your life. It'll make you a good Christian for the glory and the honor of God. Amen. And I need church because I need the sermon. Amen. I need church because I need the saints. Look what he said. He said, for the perfecting of the saints. Well, we know we're not perfect because of that statement. The Bible said, for the perfecting. You know what we are? We're a work in progress. I'm not perfect, but one of these days I'm going to be. Hallelujah. It'll be when I leave this walk of life. But I'm telling you, I'm not perfect and you're not perfect and we don't have a perfect church. It's amazing when people leave the church, you always got five reasons why they left the church. I mean, I don't know what they are. They're always different. You know why the devil give you a thousand reasons to leave a church? If he thought he could talk you out of going to the, coming to this church and other service, guess what? He'd give you plenty of reasons not to come to church. He'd say, you don't want to go down there. They're a bunch of, they're a bunch of cults, you know. Uh, they're a bunch of manipulators. They're a bunch of apostates. He'll tell you all kinds of things. Well, if you go down there to that church, uh, they preach a lot of do's and a lot of don'ts, you know. Uh, listen, uh, uh, they're, they're, they're a bunch of Pharisees. You've heard all those things that I have too down through the years. Uh, but the bottom line is this. Uh, if you love the truth and you love the Bible, you'll want to keep on coming. Amen. And I want to keep on coming. And I know I'm not perfect and I know you're not perfect, but I'm glad God has put us all together. A lot of people say, well, I don't want to go to that church because all the hypocrites. One more is not going to hurt us. Isn't that right? They go to Walmart with all the hypocrites. Amen. They go down to Food City or Food Line or Food whatever you want to call it. It's always Food something. They'll go down there with all them hypocrites and, and they never think twice. But it's just an excuse. Amen. But I don't know about you. Even if the church is a bunch of hypocrites, you know what? I still want to be here. Amen. I just need the house of God. I just need to be amongst the saints of God. I know if we used to go around this room, every one of us has got more problems than we ever uh, care to tell people and probably more than we should ever tell people. People. But the truth of the matter is, uh, we know we're not perfect, but we got a perfect book. Uh, we got a perfect spirit. We serve a perfect God. Uh, we got a perfect creator. I'm glad we're going to a perfect land, uh, a land that's fairer than day. Uh, I'm not perfect, but I'm headed uh, in a perfect direction. Amen. Uh, and one of these days, uh, I'll say goodbye to this old flesh. Uh, I'll say goodbye to this old imperfection. And hallelujah, blessed be the day. Uh, I'll step foot on the other side uh, in a perfect land in a perfect day in a perfect age and I'll worship in a perfect body with a perfect voice and I'll magnify him hallelujah what a day that's going to be glory to God amen not perfect but hallelujah one of these days I'm going to be you know the devil tell you if you listen to him what's the use in serving God and I tell you, the devil probably knows more of my sins than I know. He remembers the sins of my past and the sins of my present. But I'll tell you what he doesn't know. He doesn't know more sins in my life than what God knows. God knew every sin I would ever commit before he ever saved me. Don't you believe that? You have to if you believe he knows all things. 
He knew everything about me and you before I was ever born. He knew every time I'd fail him. He knew every time I'd break a promise. I'm not advocating it. I'm just saying it's a fact. Is that right? He knew every time I'd bow my head and say, God, I'm never going to do that again, and my flesh would do it again. He knows every time I'd bow my head and say, God, I don't, I don't ever want to fail you in this area, but I'd fail in that area again. God knew every shortcoming. He knew every mistake I'd ever make, and he knew every one of yours. He knew every regret I'd ever have. He knew every falter. He knew every failure. He knew every time I'd disappoint him. He knew every time I'd ever let him down. But you know what? He took me anyway. Amen. He took me as big of a mess as, whoa, hallelujah, as sorry and low down as I was. He saw it all from the beginning to the end. But he loves me. He loves you in spite of us. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You talk about grace. I feel something in my soul right now. I'm talking about the grace of God. He loves us and he knew it all. Hallelujah. You don't have to raise your hand. But I wonder, it's probably going to be 100%. I wonder how many of us today have thought things, have done things in our past that we don't want anybody to know anything about. You know that's right. You don't want your children to know. You, you know I mean, you say, well, I've never got out and walked up, but you've fought enough to be disgraced. You don't want anybody to know. And yet God knows it all. He knew every thought that ever crossed my mind and every thought I'd stop and catch and think upon. He knew it all. But he said, I'll save him anyhow. I'll save her anyway. Father, I love them enough, I'll go. They ought to be put in the lowest of the lowest of hell. They ought to be buried in the charred walls of the dam somewhere so to never see the light of day. But I love them enough, I'll go to them and I'll rescue them. And I'm telling you, he'll save the drunkard, he'll save the harlot, but he'll save the church kid, amen. He'll just save them all, amen. He's not willing that any would perish and to be in church on a Sunday evening and know that you're saved. I need the church I need the saints. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm not going to finish this sermon, but I'll tell you it's a good one. Amen. Not because I'm preaching it. The Bible's good. I'm talking about I need the church because I need the sermons. I need the saints and I need the service. Look what he said there. For the work of the ministry. Isn't it a privilege to serve God? Brother, I'm telling you, to be able to go out and pass the track out and tell somebody, I go to Bible Baptist Church. Won't you come be in church with me sometime? Isn't that a blessing to do that? To be able to walk up to somebody and say, do you know that you're saved? And look at you and say, well, I don't even know what that means. And you'll be able to, in your right mind, tell them from the Word of God what it means to be saved. Hey, that's a privilege. Amen. Had a man look at me not too long ago, and he said, well, I don't think anybody can really know for sure. I said, I know 100% where I'm going when I leave this walk alive. I know for sure. Amen. I'm telling you, if I make the crossing tonight, amen, you can weep for me, but don't worry about me because I'll be on the hillsides of glory. Amen. And if you're I'll see you again on the other side. But thank God I know where I'm going when this walk of life is over with. And I may not know much by this old world standard, but I know enough to get home. Hallelujah. I know where I'm headed when I leave this walk of life. I'm talking about I need the church because, uh, friend, listen, I need the, the service, the privilege to work and to serve. And then I want to say I need the church because I need the stability. Amen. Look at verse 14, that we henceforth 
Be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie and wait to deceive. I got to stop here in a minute. Sister, if you'll come get us a song ready, but let me preach this last point. I'm telling you, listen, you know why I need a church? Because I need the stability. This place puts stability in my life. Can you say that? Brother, I, none of us are able to make it within ourselves. If I was to say tonight, I'm not going to go to church anymore. I'm just going to read my Bible and stay home. And I know there's people that shut in and can't go to church, and I feel for them. But if I was to say, I'm just going to stay home, and I'm just going to read my Bible, pray, and live a Christian life, I wouldn't make it 30 days, friend. Amen. I'm telling you, the church puts stability. You know, the church is so important because Jesus died for the church. He gave himself for this body. And I I thank God for a place that builds stability. I was thinking the other day, I was here at the church and I was coming down the aisle and I was thinking about, you know, one thing I don't like about all this pandemic is I can't never find none of y'all, you know. Because I come in here, Brother Laddie was sitting over there, him and Miss Thelma last Sunday, now they're sitting over here. Amen. Brother and Sister Keith's down here, and I look around, and I, and I go home and ask my wife, I said, was so-and-so there? And she's like, yeah, I talked to him. I said, are you sure? She said, I talked to him. I said, well, I didn't see them. She said, well, they were there. The reason I can't see is because it's like a puzzle every time you cut, except for the whole Cameron clan. We know where they're at. Amen. They've been quarantined to the back. Hallelujah. No, you know what? But it's hard to find people with all this mix-up like it. But when I come down these aisles and nobody was here the other day, I thought, I mean, I know where people sit, and you do too. I know where they sit. Now, this is not a church where if somebody gets you seats, you get mad. Somebody say amen. But I'm glad I know where you sit. And I come down the aisle, and, uh, and then I thought about other people that used to sit. They don't sit there no more. And boy, I mean, just, I mean, just, down through the years. Some of them I haven't seen in a decade. But it's amazing how the Holy Spirit will just bring them back to your mind. And I would think to myself, I wonder what they're doing. I wonder where they're at. I wonder how their children turned out. I wonder how their family's doing. You know, I wish I could go back and, and just lasso every one of them and bring them in the church tonight. But you can't do that, can you? Do you know what we do? We carry on, don't we? We carry on. Stability. I don't care how many people leaves this church. By the grace of God, I need this place. I'm telling you. I need a place to come, don't you? I don't know what's going to happen down the road to the church, and I'm not just talking about the current event. I don't know what's going to happen down the road, but I tell you, I'm so thankful that there's a place on the side of the road here where we can still come and feel God's presence. I need this place. Don't you need the church? Brother, I'm telling you where. Me and my wife, was. we was going down the road the other day, and I said, I wonder where, we, where our life would be. I wonder what would have happened to us if, if, if we wouldn't have got in a good church and, and got just a place where, where God's prayer. I wonder where we would be at today. Why I need the church. I need it for the stability. Let's stand. I want to ask you. I'm sure I'm preaching to a crowd that appreciates the church. With our heads bowed, eyes closed, I just want to encourage you. 
I want to encourage you. It's already been said many times. Thank God for this place. And when I say that, I don't say it casually, but go back in your mind. and Whether you've been here six months or six years or ten years, think about this place. How God has used this place, this landmark, this building, this, this congregation. How God's used the church in your life. Think about how you need the church. And then I want to encourage you this. If you don't already, and I'm sure most of you do, pray for your church. Pray for your church. Pull out that church directory and call them names out. Pray for those individuals. Pray for those missionaries in our, our church. We've been so blessed to have these missionaries out that's out of our church. We don't see them often, but they've been able to be here some with us during these days. And It's a reminder, pray for them. Pray for their families. Pray for their travels. You know the devil, he'd wreck every one of them on the road if he could and take them out in eternity. But it's the prayers of God's people that gives them strength to keep on going. Pray for your church. Love your church. I tell you, before you go to bed at night, you ought to, you ought to bow your head and bend your knee and say, Dear God, would you bless Bible Baptist Church? Would you continue to bless the membership? Would you continue to bless the missionaries? Would you continue to bless the finances of the church? Would you continue to bless spiritually the family? You know, you never know what another person in this church is going through. I never know what another person may be facing, what they may be going through, but when I pray for them, God knows. And God's able to meet that need that I'm not able to meet. Father, 